and welcome to the Find the Path podcast actual play of the Mummy's Mask Adventure Path after party 69. So many jokes, so little time. So <laughs> yes. many that Rick would edit out because we're family friendly. Everyone so can just we're not even savor gonna... <laughs> the jokes in their own minds. Just, just yes. giggle with Insert us. Insert your own uh, joke Have a about that number. <laughs> critical giggle. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. But yes, yes. Today, today we shall be talking about episode 25 through 27. No. 25 through 27. <laughs> Let's get in the uh, time machine. Hold on a Welcome second. Welcome to Throwback even... Thursday. <laughs> what, what... Who do you think that barefoot guy is? Yeah, I mean, I was like, what were we even doing in episodes 24 and 25? I think we had just been told, like... Like we just oh started gosh. book two, maybe? I don't even know. Like Anyway, oh, so that cop pulse, that was wild, right, guys? <laughs> <laughs> yes, we are Apparently the answer fact, to that question. Just kidding. <laughs> 25 was the one with the corpse surprise. So I think you guys were exploring the uh, the area underneath the uh, the sanctum of the uh yeah, Arudite So we were yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. so we weren't even into book two then. So yeah, that's that was uh that was basically you guys getting to the fight against the scorched hand. Oh, well, we're not talking about it anyway. We're talking about 205 <laughs> through 207. My brain just deleted that zero. <laughs> All fine. the zeros. Jessica doesn't believe in zeros. It's why yes, zeros she rolls are... so many natural ones and twos. There are no zeros on the 20-sided dice. Well, I mean, there are, just not by themselves. So 205 starts uh, with kind of the rest of the fight with Eshin Theba, the creepy octopus lady. Yep. She was bad. We didn't like her. Nobody got but cuddled. You, I was going to say, nobody nope. got put in her, uh, what was it, tentacle cage, I think was the term for her ability? Tentacle yeah. cage. What does yes. it yeah. do, the tentacle cage? It's got to be constricting. Mm. Uh, yeah, I believe it does some good uh, constriction damage. Uh, 48 plus 13 bludgeoning damage. So, I mean, that one's Ow. pretty good. That's pretty good. And decent. also, she can teleport around with you, which is part of her tactics that she'll. I was going to say, that's the part somebody. that's really concerning is that she just, like, you know, teleports away and just says, plays keep away with you. Mm. Yeah, more or less, she'll teleport away with you because uh, she actually can teleport through the. As one of the generals, she knows the passcode to get through oh. the teleportation. So she mm. could technically go anywhere. Yeah. Man, we need to get that password. I know, I was just thinking, what if she had captured me and I let her do it so I could listen for the for the password if she used it to teleport away? Um, uh, it didn't happen, though. Two, it all was fine. Three, four. <laughs> Combination some idiot would have on his luggage. I <laughs> love that movie and haven't seen it in forever. Uh, uh, but yeah, after the fight, uh, we then, you know, activated the Pyramid of Earth to, sure. you know, unlock the next lock on our escape room puzzle it, that it is the inner sanctum. It still kills me that it's Narmer that's doing that. It just... Well, he's doing the bluff part. Yeah, well, he's sure. doing the, yeah, he's, he's yeah. not doing the, the, the no, activating the No, but it still it kills me that Narmer's like lying to every... It just cracks me the up. The rest of I'm us are like, really earnest. We don't all, lie. Yeah, we're all just a bunch of like, you know, upfront transparent people and then you got Narmer over there with his secrets. Yep. <laughs> with, with his secrets. His word of secrets. I love the way that was worded. With his secrets. <laughs> Then we decided to meander over to the Crypt of Air, check out that, take a, like go to sleep, or actually really just hang out and then go to sleep. And then uh, the next episode, we actually entered the Crypt of Air, mm -hmm. and there was a bunch of poison, <sighs> but it was sneaky because it wasn't poison, and then it was poison. I was gonna say that was crafty because you know, yeah. like if you hadn't made that check, you wouldn't have like you couldn't have told like there's a difference because a lot of gases are like colorless, odorless. So mm -hmm. Ooh, this one had a faint you said odor. That yeah, and you said this was confusion, like, poison, right? Yeah, what right? was that? 
Uh, specifically, the poison functions as nightmare vapors. Oh. Ooh, that sounds like something you would run into in Bloodborne. We have the yes. nightmare vapors. It sounds exactly like something you would run into at Bloodborne. And, and in fact, I think there is something equivalent to it. Yeah, don't really have uh, many details pertaining towards nightmare vapors. It comes out of ultimate equipment, actually. Huh. But yeah, it's a DC 20 fortitude save. Does uh, damage every round for six rounds and requires two consecutive saves. Deals one point of wisdom damage and confusion per round. Ow. Good and then, Lord. of course, you're still in the vapors and being exposed to the, po the poison, so... So if you're just babbling the whole time, not making your saves, that could literally put you comatose. Yeah. Yeah, hmm. yeah give it enough wow. time. Well, and then you step out, and once we got out of there, we were attacked by a bunch of chaos beasts because we wanted oh, to read fun. the floor. <laughs> to be fair, it, they gave us three rounds to notice that they existed. Actually, it wasn't uh, reading the floor that triggers them. Oh. I thought it would just be entering... Uh, no, it's uh, if any magic is cast in this chamber, even a zero level spell like detect magic, it triggers the transformation. <laughs> oh, it's so rude. Interesting. Because you know, like all adventurers at this level are like, I enter a room, I cast detect magic and make sure there's no yeah. like, you there know, whatever. There are arcane runes on the floor. And there were arcane runes on the floor just to make it even more obvious that you should be casting something. Oh, man. Well, and even if you ignored them, you would have probably walked out to the balcony and they cast a fly spell or something. Mm. Yeah. At which point, point you're even further away, which makes the DC, the perception DC to notice that they're transforming even higher, which was already a 34, not adjusted for distance. So. Wow. Gracious. Yeah, they were wild and they had some sort of weird template or something because they were able to actually fly. They are variant advanced chaos beasts. Hmm. Uh, so they have fly and then they unique, also have. Basically. Uh, yeah, they also have freeze like uh, gargoyles. Oh. Uh... So they can make hmm. themselves look like statues. And I don't remember if They're it was the last part angels. of 206 or the first part of 207, but Sudi got turned into flesh and it was horrifying. <laughs> oh, God, that's it was 207, right. yeah. 207 was <laughs> no. our body horror. It's, it was the uh, one with all the body horror. It, yeah, it's the one with the Cronenberg was directing. <laughs> oh, Ugh. not good. Yuck. Not good at all. Yeah. But yeah, Sudi became a, uh, a man with no bones, if you want a deep cut weird fiction story from the turn of the century. Goodness. <laughs> It was, you know, he used sheer force of will to, to keep himself together, though. I am very willful. Sure. You wouldn't that have been horrible. if you had all your wisdom drained from that poison. <laughs> I, yeah, oh, no, that's the thing yeah. is, the, is the, yeah, the wombo combo there of losing a bunch of wisdom in the gas Sudi and then getting turned into jello. I do need my wisdom. wisdom. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, you guys got to, uh, to fight against the chaos beasts, which were uh, an interesting creature. Thankfully, they gave you a curse, so it was relatively easy to get rid of. That's only because we have so much anti-curse stuff. Yeah, I mean, though, yeah. this adventure path also kind of uh, assumes that as far as things go. Uh, also, too, was uh, was rocking it in that fight because that 15-foot reach and combat reflexes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Even with their mobility, which was bumping their AC way up, he was still Masika hitting and them. I were hiding behind, too. Yeah. Pretty regularly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So. Now, two, two is extraordinarily useful. Like, now that we've gone through, uh, uh, call it roughly an area, like a, a crypt and a half, with him like there hasn't been a single fight where he's not been like just murdering stuff you're welcome no we love him he is he, great. yeah no he's been a definite uh, boon oh in shot. fact he was so great that there was a storm thingy and a shaft and he just carried us because he's mm -hmm. he just can turn into a big yep. boy and carry us uh he kept him from me. flying into a trap we were, we were all of his little toddlers crawling all over him as he flew us to safety yeah. Yeah, Citra saw the trap for a greater dispel magic that would have made everybody real sad. Dude, yeah. that is the most, like, it's an amazing trap 
But like, how frustrated would you have been if you'd been killed by that? Like, I'd have been so frustrated. So frustrated. <laughs> like, you yeah. gotta be kidding me. Oh, well, and so some of the beauty of it is that it's um, it's ten feet. So if you yeah. flew down and you hit the five foot square, it would dispel magic or fly. At which point you would begin to feather fall, pass into the next five foot square, which would dispel magic or feather fall from that, and then drop you to the bottom. So that's the uh, the particularly evil part of that trap. I'm sure there's a there's a number of people who have died in that trap. It's still a long ways down to the bottom, so. Mm. <laughs> yeah, mm. and then even if you do survive it, you'd have to like hope that that you shout up and say, "Hey, make sure you dispel that before like if you're lucky, you can still cast fly to go up there again." <laughs> yeah. Well, and that the thing is, is that it would be a perception check to even hear you, and the yeah. storm does the same effect because the storm clouds are so thick oh, in here. Yeah, your visibility is limited to five feet, so whether or not you oh. saw the person in front of you. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So Plunge technically, down, that could possibly kill the entire party. Yeah. Of yeah. just no, nobody noticed. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm pretty sure this Everything whole place has been to kill built you. to murderate us. It's, it's basically true. like uh, Osirian H.H. H. Holmes. That's what Hakatep is. Yes. Hakatep and Chesasek, though, he had a partner. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Who also like traps. I think the most horrific thing was, I mean, I don't know if horrific is the right word, we then get on this landing and we see these things and two can see the holes in these statues. And it's like, ah, oh, there's holes. And we're like, hmm, holes. That's interesting. Huh, there's I a faint it. buzzing. I warn they you about gonna, that all the time. They were yep. going to get us once we touched that door. We figured out after the fight that, that the door makes a buzzing yeah. sound. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It calls the bees. Well, the, the wasps. It's basically like a, like a dog whistle, but a wasp whistle. <laughs> wasp whistle. Wasp whistle, so we had to fight that, and it was horrible. Swarms was, once again, the worst. Reminded me of Candyman. Yes, yes. Not pleasant. but 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 I don't know. There's something almost uh, like okay about Candyman because it's bees. Like at least bees, bees are okay. Are, well, bees have a purpose. Wasps have a purpose. They're just <laughs> I, not I, I very don't agree nice. With their purpose. The purpose is murder. <laughs> it is murder. Yeah. Hell wasps, especially. <laughs> Yep. Yeah, hell wasps have a ter- terrible, a terrible, uh, terrible. Purpose, oh, that was that was your your southern coming one. out there. That terrible. Yep. <laughs> but um, hey, you know what? Nobody got knocked out or anything, so that they could infest you and walk you around as true. zombies. So. And now we're in the chamber of the Netheshun. It's true. Uh, I'm and sure. Well, I'm sure nothing bad could ever. There happen was some here. weird. Like I don't know if it was actually a vision or if those people yeah, are was, actually it, yeah, in there. Oh yeah, they're like just priests like chanting over somebody and saying, "Oh, this is yours now." Yeah. Yeah, they told you to take the like, body away. Your problem. I'm like, I don't want it. We already they have said, no take problems. this body and prepare it for a proper burial. But we don't have Segura. She was the one that knew how to do that. Yeah, Segura's not here. <laughs> the rest of us are just like, ah. Uh-uh. I was going to say, Sudi only got the 101 on how to do this, so he knows, like, theoretically how to do it, but he doesn't know how to do it, do it. <laughs> we all do a little research. Like, uh, we bury people in the sand, and that's a natural mummification process, is we could take them outside, I guess. You know, the one thing we're actually weirdly lacking in this area? Sand. <laughs> there's, yeah, there's no sand to bury them in. We'd have to carry them outside. Yep. Yep. Yeah, there so doesn't we'll tend to be a lot of sand inside of a pyramid. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you'd think with all the like storm kicking up all the like sand and stuff, like it'd be like in the storm or something. But no, no, they they sweeped it all out before. And again, you know, every section that you've gone into has been basically hermetically sealed until you open mm-hmm. that outside door. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Email number one is from Mike. Number uh, one. Hello, Mike. Mike is from Chipping Sodbury. 
an old market sorry. town on the edge of the uh, Cotswolds in the west it, of England. It, so not it's the bad when down. you say that, and I couldn't tell if that was a Galarian location or a British location. <laughs> it's British. A market town on the edge of the woods. That's beautiful. Oh, man. There's so many good places you can be put for that, then. Falcon's Hollow. No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... I mean, that it's not place a bad is one. awful. <laughs> um, there is uh, a what is the place? It's not um, uh, Rossler's Coffer, but it's like right next to three it. Pines? Three Pines. Three yeah. Pines. Yeah. Do Three Pines and Last Wall. I mean, there's yeah. also Belhame, which is uh, in the Viridian Forest. Verduin Forest. The Verduin Forest. Yeah, Viridian Forest is where you find uh, Pikachu. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is. <laughs> That's what I was thinking too. I was like, it's Viridian. That sounds right. That sounds that, right. That. Viridian's a color. Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm feeling uh, two pines or three pines, however many pines there are. It's three pines. It'll be two pines when Marty McFly goes back to the past and then runs <laughs> uh, over a tree okay. and then comes back to the future. Yes. Um, Deep cut oh, yeah, for people so. there too. <laughs> and Mike, 90s reference. 80s reference. Mike from Three Pines says, hello all. Hello. 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 Uh, I'm pretty new to the world of Galarian, so we'll happily take your lead on where that might be. Oh, sorry. Uh, he tells us his location. Uh, oh. If it helps, the Cotswolds are, bit, are a bit like Shire, except with better roads. Oh, nice. Better roads. Okay. Yeah, Fewer lazy halflings. Uh, halflings are the best. <laughs> anyway. Uh, I found you guys sometime near the start of the year when I was looking for a Pathfinder 2E actual play in order to better familiarize myself with the rules. Nice. I tried a few that were recommended by Reddit. You guys stood out from the pack, but one particular episode of Hell's Rebels totally won me over. The one Ooh. immediately after uh, Lucia's flight from the guards. Oh. <laughs> of course. Hey, go check out our Hell's Rebels. Of course. Thank you for bringing that up. <laughs> uh, Rick, I was totally blown away with how you resolved a situation that had clearly gotten rather off track in a really natural way, while also making <laughs> the most of the opportunity to develop some potentially important NPCs and expand the world. Thank you. Jordan, you did a great job rising to the occasion and making the most of the character development opportunity there as well. Why, thank you. Awesome. Anyway, following that episode, I decided I was all in. I paused on Hell's Rebels and went back and started Mummy's Mask and signed up on Patreon to get access to Tyrant's Grasp too. Oh, thank you. Oh, thank you. Wow. Oh, thank you. Awesome. And oh my lord, I did not realize how much content you guys actually have. <laughs> Y'all, yeah, it's a lot, guns. man. It's yeah, a we, we kind of build a up lot. a... We build up a bit of a back backlog. It's funny because like the most recent after party that came out, uh, there was a reference back to an early episode of uh, the podcast, and so I actually went back and snipped in that audio into the old ep or into the uh, the new episode. And so the jarring of going from our current awesome audio to three years ago audio back to our current awesome audio sometimes <laughs> throws me. So I'm always impressed by people that are like I started listening to your stuff, and then I went back and started listening to early Mummy's Mask. I'm like, oh. I wish it's, the it's audio like, back I'm then was sorry, better. I'm <laughs> sorry, but it was, like, it's still good content. It's, it's great content, good. don't get me wrong. I yeah. just wish the audio was a little, I, I wish I could find a way I to clean that up. I think, though, almost every podcast kind of starts that way, because yeah. every single one of the ones that I listen to, like, if I go back and listen to their early ones, I'm like, oh, man, how did I, how did I make it through those originally? <laughs> it's always funny also, because some people will put, like, a, uh, like, a something into their feed that's like, Hey guys, we've been doing this for a while. Like, you know, and kind of you hear like really crisp, good audio. And then you go listen to their yep. first episode and you're like, oh, that's why they put that there. Because, like, yeah, everybody starts out Hanging rough there. with their audio. Yeah. yeah. So good good on them, though, to uh, start with Hell's Rebels, then jump into the 
the massive pool of content that is Mummy's Mask. Yes. I do I do tell people <laughs> if they've just heard about us, I do tell them to go listen to Hell's Rebels first because yeah. you do get like I think a more polished product uh, going into that and then go back and do Mummy's Mask. Yeah. yeah. Y'all, finger guns, have <laughs> more or less replaced <laughs> any time I spent watching TV, aside from a rewatch of Buffy. Thanks, Rachel. <gasps> yes! <laughs> nice. And so I am nearly caught up on Mummy's Mask. What an awesome, awesome campaign it has been. I can't wait to see how this last book shakes out. Still a little sad that Onuris didn't make it through, though. He was probably my favorite too. character back in book Aww. two. Thank you. I oh. miss him too. Really wanted to offer Heather a virtual hug when that happened. Ah, thank you. Yeah, it was, virtual it was rough. Virtual hug back. <laughs> Hard to believe it's been uh, like three years since that episode. Weird. We oh were still gosh. recording in person back then. Oh my gosh, yeah. you're right. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Stir. When you think about it, like how long we've been doing this, it's kind of like, it doesn't feel like it's been four years and you're like, wait, I've spent nearly half a decade doing this. Like, it's crazy. It's crazy because we started it right uh, that summer after Rick and I got married. So it's been yeah. almost five Ooh, years. Yeah, you're right. Well, yeah. it's been five years because we've been married five years. It's true. Put a lot of time and effort. Small confession, though. I haven't listened to all of every after party. Sometimes I can't wait to get to the next episode. And in the casting section, I generally have no idea who either the actors or the gods <laughs> or characters are. So that gets skipped quite often. Don't worry. We Google who these actors are most of the time because we don't have like the eidetic memory to know who all these people are. I mean, I know every once in a while, Rachel with her like eidetic memory for actors will say somebody and I'm like, who is that? But generally I know who people are nominating for the roles. I feel I, like. I am weird though because I just have a weird obsession with like knowing what actors are in. Like I'm definitely really good at that game where you have to like name one actor and then like six movies they've been in and find a chain to another actor. I don't know if anybody ever played that game. Oh, six the, degrees uh, of Kevin the Bacon. Six degrees of Kevin Bacon. Kinda, yeah. Mm -hmm. so, and anyway. then there's the one where you try to connect it back to yourself, which I, I can do a little bit of. I'm glad to have listened to most of them, though. Otherwise, I would I would have missed out on fun moments like Jessica's amusingly immodest claim to being very funny after party 190 to 192, <laughs> which had me cackling loud enough to wake up my wife. Oh, <laughs> got to agree with you on that one. I like to say the truth in a funny way. <laughs> I only have one question, and it's been bugging me for a while. Where does when last we left our heroes come from? Most of the podcasts I tried use that phrase which can't be a coincidence. I could Google it, but I feel more justified in writing fan mail if I include a question, smiley face. It's a good question. I don't specifically know. I There's a part of my brain, one, I've been using it for almost as long as I've been storytelling. Um, but I'll either like be like, when last thing. we left off. Or, I There's a part I of my brain that thinks thing. it's, um, that I became aware of it from the old Adam West Batman I, I, that's what mm. I remember it from hearing it first. But I but don't I think remember it, it with enough. That. Yeah. It's probably just the serialized, like, you know, the Lone Ranger radio dramas or something like that with just, you know, I always think of it in that, like, the announcer voice. You when know, last, last we, we left our heroes, mm -hmm. the Kate Crusader was in a pickle again. Or something yes. fun along those lines. But no, actually, I, I don't specifically know what the origin of it is. Maybe it's just one of those memes that's in the world. I definitely well, feel like it would probably good... have been something that they mentioned on like the audio dramas of like Superman or the, you know, Lone Ranger and all of those because they were episodic. And so like they have to remind you what happened last week. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's honestly just it's something easy to say and probably eventually entered into the cultural zeitgeist and then everyone just internalized it. So that's probably yeah. the reason why since most since we're basically doing radio drama that the recap portion of stories is like there. I, I literally have yeah. tried to uh, to Google that and I it there even Google doesn't have an answer for like where that phrase comes from. I know that's what I was just doing. I was like, I'm gonna Google this, and because I, I, I was curious, I'm like, maybe there is a, a, a set origin, but yeah, no, it comes yeah, from everywhere. It, it feels familiar. Yeah. You yeah. know? it's comfortable. Know. It's easy to say. It's a trope. I've heard a number of different takes on it where people are like, you know, when last we left our intrepid adventurers and things like that. Yeah. I have every once in a while we'll insert party names where it's just like, you know, when last we left our doorkeepers. Yeah. Or things like that. Yeah. But, yeah. Well, enough rambling. Thanks very much for all your hard work. I'm looking forward to following you all for a long time. Mike. Well, thank you, Mike. Well, thank yes. you. Thanks for writing yeah. in. I didn't I mean, really you don't consider have that rambling. To have it was a very... question. You can always just write us. <laughs> <laughs> you know. That's for everybody. You know, you guys don't ha- don't feel like you have to ask something if you if you have commentary. That's yeah. true. There's only a couple more after parties left. Yeah, if you oh, want to yeah. be in a Mummy's Mask episode, you better get on that. Yeah, for sure. All right. Email number two comes from Dan from Ajid. I don't know how to say this. Uh, it's a real, it's a fake place, though. E-G-E-D-E. Eged? Yeah, but the G is like a <laughs> J. Because it's E-G-E-D? a G. No, it'd be a ged. A ged? Maybe a ged. A ged? A ged? Depends on if the E is silent or not. <laughs> we yeah, let me see if there's a pronunciation on the... It's just edged. That's what it is. It's edged. Edged. How did you spell it? E G E D E. Oh, it's a place in Galarian. Agidi. Oh, here we go. Here's the pronunciation. Okay. Agata. 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 So I was hard. I, I was. I was right with the hard G. Yeah, you're right. It's hard. Where is it? Agata. Where is it? Agata is uh, located on the Lake of Mist and Vels, the second Ooh. largest city of Mendev. Cool. Agata. Okay. Quick question. Agata. No. Uh, not quick question, because that's not what he says. He says, hello, doorkeepers. Hello. hello. Dan from Igeta here. Well, formerly of Igeta. Okay. Okay. Quick digression. I was living in Grand Rapids, Michigan, and you placed me in Igeta in a postmortem. Now I've mm-hmm. moved to Kalamazoo, Michigan. So I guess I need to be awesome. replaced. Replaced? Never. And I have a request. I didn't grow up in Michigan, and when I was a kid, I didn't think Kalamazoo was a real place. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, stick with <laughs> me. It's relevant. <laughs> Basically, whenever my parents were like, I'm sending I'm sending this to somewhere ridiculous, they'd use Kalamazoo as their go-to. So I grew up thinking Kalamazoo was just a made-up place with a silly name. But now I live here. Therefore, I'm asking for placement in the location with the silliest sounding name in Avistan. Oh, oh my gosh. gosh. Okay. Uh, it's got to be a no. Oh, what was right? the name of Probably. that place? Isn't there the song like? There's a Disney song that's like do 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 to Kalamazoo. Bibbidi bobbidi boo. Bibbidi bobbidi boo. Thank you. Yeah, bibbidi bobbidi boo. Thank you. Maybe there's a Courage the Cowardly Dog reference to it because I think that's where I internalize like Kalamazoo as being a ridiculous place. And Timbuktu, I think they make fun of it in Timbuktu in there also. Yeah, which Timbuktu also a real place. Uh, so I've got mine for the most the silliest name that I can remember from Pathfinder, just because it is kind of ridiculous, which is uh, Hajath Hakados, which doesn't sound like it'd be an actual place. And also it's two words, so it almost sounds like a person's name. Okay. Uh, but yeah, it's a, it's a town in uh, Numeria. Hmm. 
hmm. called Hajoth Hikados that I remember when I was looking at stuff for Iron Gods was like, what the heck is this place? That's a weird one. I also have uh, Elizmagordi, which is Elizma a Gord- haven for the- pirates and secret base of the Red Mantis Assassins. Yes, the Red Mantis Assassins. But Elizmagordi sounds silly. That, that one's pretty good. Anybody else have Okay, any? so uh, I always... I- Pangolius and Nidal always makes me think of... <laughs> that one is really Penguins. funny. And, and, uh, okay, Pangolius Pangolins. for sure, because that's yes. hilarious. Pangolins. Yeah, I always... Always I'm makes like, me think of Pangolins. Yeah, I'm just like, I, it's like, it's Nidal, where all this dark and gloom and doom, but then you get the picture of the little, you know, animal where it holds its little hands up in front of it like it's afraid to ask you a question, and I'm like... <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah. You've converted yeah. me to this. Yep. Yeah, sure. Why, why okay. not? Why not ping, Penguin Land? You can hang out with me. That's where I live. You know. So there's yeah. also uh, Amyango, which I like because I, I want to say it as Amyango, <laughs> which was also known as Calabudo. Calabudo. <laughs> and it sounds like Kalamazoo. <laughs> nice. Which is a settlement in Viridian. Oh. Vidrian, not Viridian. <laughs> they have lots of Pikachus there. <laughs> We've come full circle. Pangole. I think it may be actually pronounced Pangole, which is even silly. I know. It's just sounds fancy. It sounds like like... (laughs) Pangolay. Welcome to Nidal, where we light all of our food on fire. (laughs) I mean, flambe in the Pangole. I mean, (laughs) if the food was alive when you set it on fire, maybe. If we're calling it Pangole, I think Pangole wins. Yeah, Pangole. I mean, it's L A I S. It could be Lays. But it's probably it could be like, because it's like Frenchy, like yeah. you know, silent S. We make up our own things here. So Pangolay. Wiki, help us. If we're all cool with that, I guess that's where you're moving. I mean, you're welcome. That's where I like to be. <laughs> From Igede, Igede, to Pangolay. <laughs> you have to say it in the Pangolay. <laughs> yes, you have to say it this way. Yeah, uh, that's where they make all it. the uh, various potato chips for the intersea. Oh my uh, gosh. You don't uh, want to ask what they're made of because it is, it is Nidal. Um, anyway, what can I say no. about y'all that hasn't already been said? Congratulations on how far you've come, assuming you get to this message before finishing it. And if not, then congratulations on making it all the way. We're almost, almost there. there. We're almost there. So yeah. close. These, these days, finishing an AP is an accomplishment, and so is starting one, and so is continuing one. Which brings me to my question. <laughs> I really like how he writes. This is fun. Um, I had been running a game for my family for about a year when we had to take some time off. A little Mm -hmm. time has turned into a lot of time. And now it's been almost two years since we've sat down with dice in hand. Now I'm finding myself staring at all of the notes, character sheets, maps, miniatures, etc. And wondering how we're ever going to pick back up where we left off. So my question is, have you ever had to pick up a campaign after a long hiatus? How did it go? And do you have any tips? Yes. Pick up a campaign after a long hiatus? Uh, yes, I believe uh, we can all say yes to that. Hey, yep. we did that with Strange Aeons once. Aons. We'll have to do it again next time we play that yeah. game. Yeah. We picked that one back up for, I think, one session, like after it's a true. five or Rick six made month a, break. Like a Hollis-style string board for it. It's true. Yeah. So a lot of times, just if you somebody was keeping notes, just kind yeah. of skimming over the notes um, and being like, okay, and then kind of rehashing the last big things that happened. And sometimes the first session is kind of rocky, but then everybody gets back into it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think the important thing is make sure that they have all the major plot points that they've made that are relative to your overall plot. Mm-hmm. And, you know, 
what they fought at what time doesn't really matter as much as what did they discover and like maybe NPCs they met that are important to the story, things like that are the things that you really want to focus on in like a, a recap if you're going to do like a recap. Mm-hmm. Recaps are, are definitely a good idea. Yeah. And maybe even write it out beforehand and provide it to everyone. Mm. Yeah. Or read it off at the beginning. But if you could like consolidate all of the notes down into a like a one page. Hey, everyone read this one page. That's a quick, you know, you were in this town. This town was attacked by goblins. You slew the goblins and then found out the goblins were working for a dragon. And then you found out that this dragon named this was working at, under the control. I, of I a, want the dragon's name to actually be this. Yeah. Do a quick you know. chain of event, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, so you uh, need to buy some red yarn and a cork <laughs> for it. <laughs> and some yes. Either that or just uh, read it out at the very beginning and just do a when last we left our heroes and True. read off this whole uh, whole thing of recapping all of the events up until that point. If you're looking for inspiration, there's a lot of shows that do that with uh, previous seasons. Like they'll say last season on blah 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 show and they hit the major highlights that are that pertain to like the next season that, that they're are going starting. to continue to matter that yeah, i've always the points that matter yeah i've always wanted to do that for the podcast but actually putting together a clip episode i think would be more work than actually just recording a regular episode yes mm-hmm. well you did one so with like, Narmer where he just summarized yeah i did one with Narmer, which was kind of the same thing where i just summarized all the events so uh mm-hmm. yeah if you've heard our Narmer recap that's kind of a take on it um, yeah so yeah Okay, uh, Dan says, thank you for keeping me company on my one hour commute every Tuesday, along with every other Monday and Wednesday, and also every third Friday and various others. Yep. And I can't <laughs> wait to see where you go next. Dan. Thank, thank you. you, Dan. Awesome. Yeah, thank you, Dan. Thanks so much. <laughs> In fact, Dan says, Dan, parentheses, from Igede, until you tell me where I am now. <laughs> Which is Pegole. You're Pegole. going to Night All. <laughs> Baby. It's very pretty. We have one final email. From CW, who does not tell us where they're from. Is it from. the CW? Okay, like, like CW, just like CW. like they produce in a bunch of awesome '90s shows. No, no, just you know, initials CW, CW. Okay. Okay, so not the the television network. Not the television <laughs> network. No. That would be weird if a television network was emailing us, like under awesome. the name of the television network instead of like a producer or a, you know. Anyway. If you need to get us to do voices for the next DC spinoff. But we have carte blanche as far as where CW is from. All right. No details then. Minkai. Somewhere. Somewhere in the uh, the nation of Minkai? Yeah. Okay. What's the cool forest in Minkai called? Oh, there's a spirit forest. The spirit forest is actually not in Minkai. It's uh, north of Minkai. Yeah, but it's where all the, like, there's the spirit forest and it's where the elves hang out there. Uh, the Forest of Spirits is a, an immense pine uh, woodland located just below the Arctic Circle in the continent of Tian Sha is the primeval birthplace of the nature spirits known as the Kami. Yes! Okay, right, th- is there a city near there? Human settlements are rare even at the edges of the forest and quickly peter out once one goes deeper into the Forest of Spirits. No, but I mean, we could give CW a, a nice little, uh, you know, farm on the edge of this forest. Okay. You, you just hang out with the spirits. It's cool. On the Menkai side. Yeah. yeah. Yes. They're anyway. also, unfortunately, uh, uh, restless dead and evil forest dragons, as well, well as you know, the hated friend, Oni. the Kami, and hide from those other guys. Maybe set up some uh, simple traps for all the undead. And apparently, uh, yes. Parasha. Oh, those are uh, those, those are the eight-legged cats. Oh. Oh, okay. That's they look like awesome. tabby cats with eight legs and gray fur. I love it. 
They're cat bus yeah, cats. And olive green stripes. They're cat bus <laughs> cat bus cats. Cat bus cats. Delightful. Oh, well, yes, my. this place sounds delightful. So, I yeah. Agree. <laughs> All right. So, CW, uh, enjoy your farm on the edge of uh, the Forest of Spirits. And don't forget to feed the kitties with their yes, eight legs. Yes, always. Leave out a bowl of milk, which isn't quite the right like myth mythos, but they'll probably still appreciate it. All right. CW says, hey, guys, just listened to the latest after party and heard you mention one of my favorite time travel movies. Oh, Rick couldn't remember the name, but it's Primer. 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 That's yes. it. Cool it's movie made really for $7,000. Also, it was filmed in your neck of the woods in Dallas and Richardson. That's huh. true. Huh. It's cool. Yeah, I it was locally filmed and uh, on a shoestring budget and actually did quite well. And it's probably one of the most uh, realistic time travel movies. Hmm. Very cool. Uh, anyway, huge fan of all your shows. Also, just wondered what you were going to do for the main show when Mummy's Mask is over. Cheers, CW. <laughs> Uh, everyone keeps asking that. Everyone does yeah. keep asking. Rick says we're not allowed to tell. Nope. Uh, again, just secret. to reiterate, we uh, we will be sticking with first edition. In this feed. Not really. On this feed, correct. We already have a second edition feed, so this one will remain in first edition. So it will be uh, one of a variety of adventure paths. We actually had a great discussion on our Discord uh, about what everyone be interested to see. So uh, I think everyone will be very excited. Please. I've got a lot okay. of fun new uh, new things that I want to experiment on this with, and of course, you can always rely on this group to uh, deliver Gu- on guinea pigs. Very interesting. Well, I was going to say deliver <laughs> on very interesting and engaging characters. So I'm I think it is going to be thank you. We work hard. Fun. <laughs> yep. <laughs> thank you. I'm just going to tease right. here. I'll, I'll give you guys a teaser. It will be. A six book adventure path. Oh my god! I thought you were <laughs> actually gonna do a teaser. Why no. is that still funny, even though that is like the lamest joke ever? I know. And I'm like, I was, uh, I was actually like, edition. oh, he's gonna give a clue, and it's gonna be real vague, but somebody will get it. And then I was, he, he, oh wait, no. I've got one. It no. will be an adventure path we haven't played. That is true. <laughs> that, that's fair. I mean, that is yeah. true. That, that, that narrows it down true. somewhat. Anyway. <laughs> so only a few more episodes until you find out. I'm sure we'll let folks know soon. Here's a fun thing that we could do for this, just as, oh, a, as a teaser for the audience. How about each of you name the two classes you would be the most interested? Between the two classes, you'd be the most interested in maybe branching out into it the next show. Ooh. Yes. Yes, very that good. That would be interesting. Ooh. Yeah. Um... Not even guaranteeing that it's going to be one of these because uh, we haven't actually even made the characters yet. I I always like to have everyone to be as focused as possible on the story we're doing before worrying about the story that's coming. What two classes are each of you the most interested in possibly playing? Next. I think the warrior poet samurai is very cool. And I think cleric into diabolist is very cool. Mm-hmm. I think for me, uh, I've always wanted to play a gunslinger. This might be mm. the time. Um and I, sure. I I played an Arcanist in uh, our Strange Young game we never finished, so I'd like to maybe do high level <laughs> Arcanist. I'd like to Shenanigans. I think that was Jessica's entire motivation for playing a wizard. It was! And it's been delightful. <laughs> so either a Magus, which is one of my favorite classes. I play I played one of those before. Magus is awesome. Or sure. you know, maybe a Scald. Hmm. Okay. Magus or a Scald, maybe. Going a little mixed of uh, martial magic. Yep. Um, I don't know. Might actually play a wizard for once. I have actually <laughs> never played wizard. a wizard. Um, you played a sorcerer. 
but not I've a played wizard. a sorcerer, but I've never played a wizard because I get overwhelmed by the choice. I like to just pick my spells and go. So That's maybe why I'll... I like sorcerers. <laughs> yeah, I, I might dabble into that. Or, uh, I mean, if we're still doing one e, I'd want to do one of the occult classes. Yeah. Yep. I, I did spiritualist and had a lot of fun with it. So, but there there's a lot of fun choices and it fits my like goth Victorian vibe. Mm. So. Yeah. Which depending on the setting could be exactly the vibe you want. Exactly. Mm. I don't know what it is mm. yet. I know it's a six uh, book adventure path, but that's about it. It's six book adventure so, path. Yeah. Good luck. <laughs> good luck figuring it out based on these not clues. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. These are yeah, not clues. Be, <laughs> people are going to be, be, are gonna be mishmashing all this party together to try to figure out what our party is going to be. <laughs> It could be one of the options presented. It could be neither of the options presented. It could be both the options presented. Mm. We could be know. playing an A-side, B-side forever. Work. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be an eight-party or an eight-person party. Little do you know, we're doing two APs at once. We're just alternating episodes. Oh, my gosh. Oh. I can tell you it is not Hell's Vengeance. How's that? <laughs> yeah, it's not Hell's Vengeance. That's yeah, no, fair. it's definitely not going to be that one. <laughs> my first thought was that it's like an A-side, B-side. If you were playing Hell's Rebels and Hell's Vengeance back-to-back, -back, would be interesting. But Oh, yeah? Yeah. To see how they kind of align. Oh, that would be pretty uh, Too late now. Too oh, late well. now. Also, that'd be so confusing. <laughs> I never remember. Side am, I good, on? am I the good guy or the bad guy this time? <laughs> it would time? be easier to do it by book. It's like yeah, play book be, one yeah. and then do the other book one. That would be the easiest way to do it. And then Fair. through the editing of the editing magic, mix it all up so it's back and forth. Anyway. Yes. Yeah. But I think it's time for casting. <gasps> uh, I suppose right. it is. So go ahead and. Uh, I need to add a couple more to these lists, possibly, depending on how many more episodes we have. Go ahead and bounce me a D4. I think I teased that last time that I'm like, I'm not sure if I have enough of these left for the number of episodes or if uh, we'll we'll be right on time. I got a one. All right. So for today, while we get everyone excited here, we're going to be casting the Queen of Witches, Baba Yaga. <laughs> oh, man, I've actually got somebody for this one. The ancient Samaritan witch Baba Yaga is perhaps the greatest witch in existence. She is more powerful than most dukes of hell, considers rune lords to be bickering children, and isn't a goddess only because of the idea of answering prayers appalls her. <laughs> she has a hundred schemes on a hundred worlds, on Earth, the land of her birth, on wintry Triaxis, across the great beyond, and on Galarian. Baba Yaga has taken to st sticking her warty nose into every corner of Galarian. She isn't looking for more powerful though, more power, though she won't pass up a chance to learn a secret or steal a treasure. She isn't looking for luxury, though she enjoys her comfort, nor does she have any desire to rule, though she demands respect. No, Baba Yaga seeks out glorious heroes and infamous villains because they entertain her. Above oh, all else, Baba Yaga appreciates wit, determination, and a certain brazenness, regardless of how it's used. <sighs> she is interested in people who bend the world around themselves, the ones who start as paupers and end as princes. Baba Yaga sometimes appears to such people to give advice, grant a boon, or set a test. She never solves someone's problems for them without giving them a bigger one in return, and she enjoys giving supplicants just enough rope with which to hang themselves. Uh, Baba Yaga's the best. Uh, some desperate individuals seek out Baba Yaga themselves, but Baba Yaga loathes being asked for help, and she sets unreasonable prices for her aid to discourage them. Still, if one can meet her price or pass her test, then Baba Yaga is honorable enough to fulfill her end of the bargain, albeit with something grum with some grumbling. 
I have two, I think, stellar choices for this. I have one that Jess is going to pick. Yeah, you do. Yep. And I get to go first. You do yeah, get to go you first. Yeah, you do. All right. Well, I am going to put up Kate Mulgrew, who played Red and Orange is the New Black, ah, who was dang. in uh, one of the Star Treks, who Star was Trek in Voyager. Voyager as Captain Janeway. I mean, who was in just a million things, honestly. She has been in a lot of things. But she is very good at playing the stern, but playful. Uh, and she has a good Russian accent because she did in Orange and the New Black. Is the New Black. Mm. Very nice. She was also in Gargoyles for Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> she was Titania. So there you go. <laughs> she was. I already knew that because I'm a Gargoyles fanatic. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yes. Is it improper if I ride those coattails? Because I also like Kate Mulgrew for this really That's well. Fine. We occasionally I'm going to also this. get on the Kate Mulgrew bandwagon. Yes, join me. All right, well, I'm going to go with Meryl Streep. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. So. For people not familiar with her? Uh, she's uh, the... <laughs> yeah, first of all. Are there people not familiar with her? Probably. Um, the, you know, the Devil Wears Prada, Death Becomes Her, which is just, if you haven't seen Death Becomes Her, go watch now. Sophie's Choice. <laughs> yeah, um, oh, she yeah, was Sophie's in the choice. Mamma Mia movies. Uh, she's yeah. been in everything, so everything. Many Very everything. prolific actress. Yeah, Into the Woods. She played a witch, I think. Yeah, she did. She's been in a bunch of things, so many yeah. things. Um, she's a really good actress. She can also play that kind of stern, you know, uptight kind of. But she's also she's also really good at comedy. Again, see, Death mm-hmm. becomes her. Mm-hmm. So I think it would work. <laughs> you know. So, yes, Meryl Streep. This is going to be another hard vote, I think. There you go. Okay. So, originally, I was going to go with one of my fave people ever, but I think I'm going to go with my second choice, which is Feruza Balk. If you don't know who that is, she was uh, in The Craft. Um, I mean, she is witchy, but like... You're, you're, still, you're still giving me nothing here. Oh, my oh gosh, you've I'm never thinking. seen The Craft? You've seen The Craft. Have I? She, she plays Nancy, Nancy in The Craft. Um, granted, this one of those I movies you made me watch that I didn't really watch? She's in Return to Oz? Yes, yeah, she's in Return to Oz, which I was about to say. She plays 12-year-old Dorothy uh, in the Return to Oz movie, which is the first thing I ever saw her in. But most people know her from The Craft, where she plays Nancy, who uh, just, I feel like she just fits the vibe. She's right. also in that really weird Island of Dr. Moreau movie that yes, came out. That was is. one of Marlon Brando's Is that the Val movies. Kilmer one? Yes. No, Val Kilmer. I don't think Val Kilmer was in yes, that movie. Was it Val Kilmer? He was. Because yeah. there's Before the whole horror stories like of how much anymore. of a diva he was on set. Yeah. Anyway, Faruza Balk. That's an interesting okay. choice. All right, I'm probably going to go with maybe the most decorated actress that I have ever put forward for uh, for a role, and mostly because she has such an amazing range and presence, and uh, that her withering stare is almost unmatched, except for. Well, I can think of a few, but Dame Judi Dench. Oh, <laughs> I can see it. So much presence. How do you not put Judy so Dench much forward power. Something else I'm sure before? she's. I'm sure she's been. I don't know if I have. I'm sure she's. Been I feel like it might have been before. you. I don't uh, know. But, uh, yeah, this is going to be a hard She has that, that amazing withering stare. Of course, if you are not familiar with uh, Dame Judi Dench, she was M in the recent James Bond movies. She was if you're not uh, familiar with James Judy Black, Dame Judy Dench, or Meryl Streep. Go watch a movie. Well, I'm just saying. Yeah, go you watch know. a movie, a movie, and you will find them. You will she was, of course, uh, in uh, Murder on the Orient Express, which was really good. Her delivery in that was awesome. 
Uh, if you want to see her with a, a little bit more of a mystical bit, um, she was the uh, the elemental in Chronicles of Riddick. Chronicles Riddick. of Riddick. Yes. She's so also the cranky she... grandmother in Chocolat. What is that? <laughs> I love her Artemis Fowl. She was in the Artemis Fowl that HBO oh, yeah, did. I think she was in. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was good. She was had little elf ears. I love her. Yeah. So like, and she has such great range and delivery. Um, Dame yeah. Judy Ditch. That's where I'm going. Oh, well. Good luck on voting between all yeah, these people because they're all very good. I will have the casting poll up on Reddit, usually yep. either the day of or the day after. Reddit shortly. or Discord? Discord. Sorry. I said Reddit because that's where it used to be. It'll be up on the Discord Mulligan. in the casting powerful folks section. Yes. Yep. Make your voice heard. Um, vote for Kate Mulgrew and uh, <laughs> good luck, Pathfinders. Yeah. Get ready for our last couple of castings. Bye. Who knows if we'll even be doing castings in the uh, the upcoming oh, show? No. We'll see. Who knows? Oh man! What should we do? He's an antiseptic. New shtick. Yeah. Find the Path Ventures is an officially licensed partner of Paizo Incorporated. Mummy's Mask is copyright 2014. Mummy's Mask and the Pathfinder Adventure Paths are trademarks of Paizo. All Pathfinder images are property of Paizo and are used with permission.